This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, movie lovers, welcome back for another Anatomy of Movie here at Popcorn Talk. Today, we see a star is born. That's right, Lady Gaga reveals herself as the true person of Stephanie that she truly is in Bradley Cooper's directorial debut. Still can't say that quite properly, but nonetheless, we're going to be talking about it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, ours about imperfection. <laughs> yes. And we're diving from the surface level to the deep end <laughs> with A Star is Born. That is the voice of Marissa Serafini, Hello, half everyone. singing. Was that me singing? No, that's more Lady Gaga. Yeah, but, but you were pantomiming. I was, yes, because this the music in this film is so great. I cannot wait to talk about it. We have Dimitri yeah. Panos. Hey, movie fans. You know, I think it's D-words. I had, I, I had trouble getting out, di- like, disruptive. I couldn't say disruptor earlier today. Look so at that. directorial, I think it's words with D, like Dimitri. <laughs> A lot of people have a hard time with that. <laughs> and I'm Phil Svitek. Excited to have you. Before we get into any of this, a couple things, especially for some of our newer audience members. Uh, we approach the show from the perspective that you've seen the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie, and especially a movie like this, I highly, highly discourage you from watching this and getting spoilers. I know some of you do that, and sometimes I, I'm like, fine, do it. But this time... Do not do that. Go see the movie. You can put us on pause. When you return home, you can hit play. We're here. Don't worry. I have one other recommendation because it was recommended to me prior to seeing the movie, and I really think it helped. Do not listen to the soundtrack prior to seeing the movie. That's a good Don't see, don't listen to the music without it, without first seeing it in context. Yes. Uh, and you will uh, you you'll enjoy that experience. Uh, I, I think much more if you do that. That's a good recommendation. Thank you. The other aspects of this, uh, we we have our rundown for you. Um, we sometimes don't get to everything on the rundown, so it's there for you to to dive in deeper. Uh, part of the way we we dissect these movies is not just from a story perspective. Of course, we're going to talk about that. We're going to give our opinion, but we're also going to give you the how and the why, especially for a movie such as this. There's a lot of how did this get made, and luckily there's enough information for us to really talk about and reveal to you. And, of course, uh, we talk about box office. And, um, you know, with a movie like this, we can even debate some Oscars. So lots to look forward to in our discussion. Uh, third, well, actually, lastly, if um, if you really love this movie, I encourage you to also check out an interview we just did with Rebecca Field, who is in the movie A Star is Born. We, we got to talk with her, and she gave us really good, insightful nuggets. She I, did? Yeah, that I can't wait to also kind of sprinkle in through this. <laughs> but without further ado, where we like to begin is with our overall thoughts. So I, let me kick it off to Marissa. Oh, my God. I loved this film. I haven't been exci- so excited to talk about a film since The Greatest Showman. And if you go back to that anatomy, I was like all over that show. I loved this film. First of all, huge fan of Lady Gaga. Always have been. I mean, she sh- 
like she's only four years older than me. So like I've followed her career since the first year she um, really got recognized until now. And her, her acting, I saw her win her awards and all that. So like I, I have actively followed Lady Gaga through all these years. And then when this movie came out, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch it. It's Lady Gaga. I went into it not knowing how amazing it was going to be. I knew I thought it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be a remake. But I didn't go in expecting to be blown away. I loved this film. I saw it three times already. I'm planning on going to see it fourth. Just so many great, great things. Her acting was phenomenal. Bradley Cooper's directing and acting was phenomenal. The story I I found so realistic and engaging that I follow these people throughout the entire film. The music is fantastic. I'm already a country fan. Adding already to Lady Gaga's music, like so, it was a mix of both for the for that and for me. I, I enjoyed that too. I just got so much out of this film that I wasn't expecting in the best way possible. I love this All right. film. Right. I, I well look, I really I really enjoyed this movie, but I think for me the first half of this movie was fantastic. It really was electric. I think um Bradley Cooper as a director really made his stamp on this and he makes this like it's it's a classic love story type of a movie at the very beginning. It's electric. Uh, I saw this movie in a Dolby theater. Same. And, excuse me, uh, yeah, it it felt Cooper's filming of the concerts were amazing. You felt as if you were on stage. You saw the passion, the energy. It was all there. You were all in on that love story and, 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 and all that. And I thought it was fantastic. For me, the second half... Plot pathways just didn't make weren't making sense for me. They they glossed over how a person becomes f- from being Garth Brooks or like th- the best thing since the Beatles to being second banana on a Roy Orbison tribute. Um, like there wasn't enough. Like I didn't see his like o- outside of his drug use, substance abuse, his drop and her meteoric rise. Like like so. The pathways weren't defined clearly enough for me uh, going into the in, in, into that second half, um, but to the movie and story's credit, it really does stay true to A Star Is Born. They didn't they didn't change they didn't change an outcome, <clears throat> meaning they didn't change the ending. Uh, and I think today it's it's. Uh, the ending of the movie is is extremely relevant. I, I know if when they were filming it, certain things did not happen. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, and such. Uh, and I'm talking suicide, but you know. So when they're filming it, they did stay true to the roots of previous movies, to the previous story, and I give them that. I think there's going to be a lot of Academy Award worthy nominations from direction from acting so and even supporting acting i think from a music standpoint from a sound editing standpoint tech credits i mean all across the board cinematography the movie looked fantastic so i think that the first half was so engaging that ultimately yes i do highly recommend you see this movie highly recommend you see it on a big screen you know you'll you'll get into this movie uh, and then we'll, we'll I want to talk more about the ending and how I think Warner Brothers actually should be a little more conscientious 
to all audiences across the board. But ultimately, I think the movie works when I didn't... I, Bradley Cooper directorial debut, man. He, he did a really solid job. I... <clears throat> This movie is extremely difficult to talk to, uh, for me to talk about for a number of ways, but but um, I'll, I'll kind of say it in this way, right? I, Marissa, by the time I was about to see this movie, she'd already seen it twice, <laughs> and the fact that she talks about she she wasn't as excited about a movie s- since like Greatest Showman, um, I think a lot of people kind of not that the Greatest Showman is the exact movie, but I think have that sort of same sentiment where they're excited about this movie, and, and certainly Audi uh, not audiences critics right but audiences sometimes too and i think therein lies the problem because this movie is not the greatest showman uh i knew there'd be ups and downs and hurdles and things like that but the ending we got i think it's very i think as a conversation piece it's very problematic to have this excited feeling to talk about this movie um i think and and to be honest, my my when you talk about the second half not being as great, I, I I see those things. But most importantly for me, it raises so many questions right at the end, and never answers them. Yeah. And I think it's because it's too tied to that ending that it needs to hit, um, which is fine. I think you can still hit it. It's not that I'm saying like, listen, I don't want anyone to, I don't want. St- like artistically, you could still do a suicide, but there there has to be a very specific point. And I think it just went for the emotion and the shock factor more than, okay, what does this now mean artistically? It's a, oh my God, you know, you bring up, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about that right now. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how to well, avoid it. So, well, no, you, let's just know, dive into sure. it. And, and, and after seeing it, I saw it with a really good, good friend of mine. And we ended up talking about the ending. For about an hour, and 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 his take was, he's like, geez, like he wasn't familiar with the Star Is Born, and he was asking, did you see the Chris Christopherson one? And I said, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I said at that time, well, I had, I still have not seen the one with um, Judy Garland, Judy Garland, but I I know that again, similar ending. In For the those Julia. unfamiliar, just real quick, uh, this <clears throat> has been remade. This is the fourth this one. The it's voice. since fourth the thirties. This movie has been kind of every so often made a new it comes iteration. Back. It yeah. comes back. And we ended up talking about the ending. The ending affected him like it really affected him. He goes, Jesus, he goes, I was loving this movie so much. And it's, he goes, oh my God, from the social implications and how are kids going to look at this? And I had to almost talk him off a, a movie ledge. And say, well, you know, depression and 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 things can affect a person, and I think it, I think that's what it was. I didn't think there was anything because he was looking at about it like, oh, am I supposed to look at this like that was the noble thing to do? And no, no, no. I, I was like, no, I, I don't think there was any nobility about this at all. I just felt that that's the way this character viewed himself that he didn't have the confidence and didn't want to drag anybody down like with him and that one agent, you know, who can be brought up on murder charges. That's the way I sort of look at it. And that manager. <clears throat> manager, manager. Rez. Rez. Um, so, you know, it's very interesting. And going into it, even though this movie's been remade, right, four times, a lot of people don't know that this is how it's going to go. And so it does come as a shock. And it's interesting because nobody's been talking about it except Lady Gaga this week. 
finally opened up and talked well, about suicide. Hold that, because I, I do want it, because since Marissa, walk, you, you're the most sort of excited. Right. But, so I want to, I mean, you know. I'm not excited to talk about suicide. No, not, not by any means. Uh, I was more excited about the, the talent that came out of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the talent that is Lady Gaga. I mean, I, we all know that she can sing. I mean, hello, she's arguably one of the biggest musician artists out there right now, currently. So we already knew the music behind her was going to be fantastic. I didn't know Bradley Cooper could sing like this. So I appreciated that. So that was a nice surprise for me. Also, as an artist, as a creative person, to watch another person also with raw, genuine talent. So to see the talent come out of this... I got, I enjoy that. And also just the music, because I, this is the fourth iteration of A Star is Born, but admittedly, I have never seen any of them. I didn't even get to see the Barbara Streisand one, because, not, I don't want to sound like I'm making an excuse, but it wasn't my generation. Like, I just never made the effort to go see it. So I went into this film not really knowing the premise. I went in with a fresh palette, and I got so much out of it. I got music, acting, performance, and it made me feel something. And when films make you feel something, that's where I praise it the most. Well, that's where I tra- couldn't stop thinking about this film. So after. that's where I'm trying to get to. What is that feeling? Because in a sense, right? And I'm not. It, it's going to feel like I'm personally attacking you, and that I'm, I'm just trying to get to a deeper meaning, right? So I apologize in advance if, if at any point you feel that way. <laughs> right. But <laughs> I appreciate um, it. <laughs> because right now, right? I want to get to that meaning simply because it sounds like, in a sense, you're saying, "Here's all the things that I love." But I'm just going to ignore this thing, which that thing is like this this cloud of what all this fits into. And so what is that deeper meaning for you? I'm not going to ignore the suicide, but it, I mean, it's definitely something to address. But I was more excited about just the wow factor that is all that you can tell all the love and time and effort they put into this film. Uh, like I appreciate the because not every you know me, I watch so many romantic comedies or just romance love stories and this felt like a very realistic one and i appreciate it because not all love is perfect so i appreciated that aspect so there were just so many different nuggets throughout this film that i was just like wow yeah they really got that yeah my caveat that there was nothing realistic about this love story i mean he picks her up at at the nightclub he flies her this is the movie romance love story this is like the woman who gets are you a flown big in a musician lyri- who can afford a private jet to fly your yeah, booze all over the place? It's, no, it, but even it's inside. a classic Hollywood like love at first sight. Like I'm gonna pick you up in a Learjet. Well, like why wouldn't she love to travel to do all this stuff? This isn't like this is cl- and this is what I liked about it because we haven't seen romance and and sort of like this was like fantastic in the way she gets on stage and this is why i really felt that first half of the movie was so raw and energetic and the passion for the music and i felt like i was there and that was amazing and that's where the second half didn't really live up to that it's almost like it peaked too early from that 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 thrill um, and then we had all this tragedy happen. Um, and again, they could have, in today, they could have changed it. They could have changed or modified the ending where they say, screw you, Roz. I'm not going to, I'm going to stand up for myself. Right. I'm not going to, Perez. I'm going to stand up and, and, and make her proud or whatever. But they didn't. 
they, they, they stayed to the iterations of A Star Is Born. And listen, I don't even like country music, and I'm not saying I'm going to go and buy the soundtrack, but while I was watching this movie, something happened. I was like into this music. I was in, Whenever Bradley Cooper and Gaga were together, I haven't seen the chemistry like that uh, in a long time. And they purely had an electric chemistry together, even throughout, towards the end of the movie. But I loved them together. It was when they were apart. It it wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the same. That's all I'm saying. And the way of dressing suicide, that's a tough topic. I think he did it well. Uh, It needed, it's in there. It's part of the story. So, um, well, I I think. It was a slow buildup to what you knew was. Unfortunately, going to happen. There Inevitable. was a lot of foreshadowing. That's fine, but so okay. Here's here's. I find it ironic that a movie that says its theme is basically, but the point of art is to have something to say, and I I don't know what it's saying, and more so like it's supposed to be. That's his. If there's any imparting message that he has to her, it's just listen. Screw all the other people. Right, I'd put your nose on that billboard if it were up to me, right? And and and, but I never fully see that moment. Her singing what essentially is the song that they wrote together, still not necessarily her words. How does she feel about this? How does she walk away with this? Um, you know, that's because because uh, Sam Elliott's last lines to her were, you know, he he loved the way you saw these twelve octaves, and but. Okay, but I don't I don't see that yet. Like I need I need the return to her. Right. She had that whole struggle throughout, and that that's part of what I want to talk to you about. Both of you is you know you have Lady Gaga playing an alternate version of herself essentially, uh, and so how how does Ali now combat? All of a sudden, she is gaining uh, stardom very early on, right? She punched somebody just for take for wanting to take a photo, and now she's becoming a commercialized version. And she seems okay with that, you know. That's part of the second half. That that that. I mean, her. I mean, to say number one with a bullet, it was like Jesus. Like how we didn't see this rise really. We were told about it. We never saw her performing in concert a lot. Like a lot of this movie, we saw concerts with the two of them together. But when they separated and she started her her rise and him his fall, we never saw. It we never like it was like this Listen, time yeah. lapse that we never saw it happen like and they were always sort of kind of together so we never saw her like they, she hadn't even had an album out and she had this huge huge like oh we're cutting music videos and that to me like like there wasn't this separation of of like character and from for a person who was like the beatles to have such a like to say he fell off a cliff, apparently, but we never saw that demise. We never saw that. We never saw his downfall. We never really saw, other than them telling us, "Oh, you're you're amazing, you're amazing." But we knew that she was amazing from Bradley Cooper and the two hundred, two thousand, twenty thousand views on YouTube. Great yeah. scene, by the way. Those things I loved. Um, this again, it's it's well, a downer. See, I, I'm going to stop you there because I would never, I wouldn't say never because we did see those moments. We saw the moment where 
she she says I'm cutting singles. They release singles, so like slowly but sure, yeah, slowly but surely they they let out her music. And then we saw those moments where she's rehearsing, and then when she went on stage and she cut her own dancers, she had her moment to perform on stage. We saw the the change with her hair that she was being more commercialized. And don't, and don't also, give me the hand. I really but, don't appreciate no, that. I'm not interrupting like, you. I, I'm getting there. But it's, it's also like we did see the slow progression of her physically changing her look, her being more commercialized, the rise of her stardom, because then she went also on stage. She did photo shoots. Like you saw the building of her character just as a, a single performer and her going on SNL and then getting nominated. So like we saw the slow buildup of her character. So I would never say never. Well, let me ask you this for, uh, just to pose a different way. Right. Um, it, the first, let's say, 30 minutes is over the course of two days, maybe three, right? Whereas the second half, all of a sudden, it ramps up and we're, we're skipping months. You know what I mean? So just pacing-wise, it's a very different pace. You know? So do you, like, you at least recognize that? Like, we go from very slow, like, a minute equals minute screen time type of thing versus... Right. And Bradley Cooper has said in interviews he wanted the first encounter with Allie in, like, the whole parking lot scene and whatnot. He wanted to hit emotional beats of how their relationship started. And then it moved on to where it goes from the performing and the, the musician life. So, mm-hmm. like, the first 20, 30 minutes that is just them talking in real time. And then it fast forwards a little bit. Yeah, and again, like that's the building of that that that's that movie magic of a relationship where he just goes into this bar and he sees her perform, but instantly you saw this chemistry between them. That scene in the parking lot I thought was tremendous as well. Mm-hmm. And like you and and to to Bradley Cooper's credit, he hit those beats because Look, if you if you're not buying these two characters as falling in love, it's not it, gonna work. It's not gonna work at all. And and to have the chemistry that these two had, both on and off stage, like again, it won't work. It's 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 integral, especially in today's audience. Within twenty minutes, as you said, or as close to real time as possible. So then the next time, it's like, well, I want you to come to my show. No, you're coming to my show, and then Gutenberg shows up and says, "Yeah, we got to play and wait. You, you got to come right now." <laughs> and it's you know, she gets whisked off into like this is like. And then she gets to go on stage. I mean, that's like that 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 that's amazing. It was electric, but you buy it. You buy into that happening. I mean, he wrote a song. They wrote a song. He wrote a song for minutes, you know, seemingly, which happens. Um, but but I've heard from musicians, it's very hard to perform a duet yes. that you have not rehearsed. <laughs> yeah. So, but but, but, but you buy it. I do. To like. He he only heard like two lines of that song, but he already composed a whole song out of it. So uh, that I just found believable as creative artists who are true to their craft, who are so good with their talent that they can create something magical so quickly. I'll even I'll even do you one better. I I, I thought it showed that he knew her so well mm-hmm. that he not only was his talent, but he could apply his talent and say, "Hey, this is what you were trying to say, and I want to do it with you." But, and you buy it so much that. Why did they listen to that manager when they could have, like, okay, the alternate Star is Born universes, they could have just toured together and made albums together, and they would have been huge. 
Like they obviously her career skyrocketed. He helped elevate her, right? So every time they were on stage, it was a knockout hit, right? People would videotape it. They loved her. They loved him. So they could have worked together. But that's not a Star is Born. So let me let me ask this, right? So the other iterations of Star is Born deal a lot more with his jealousy versus um, versus, let's say, his his alcoholism and so forth, right? And so in that sense, there is, and I want to go to you, Marissa, because I want to I want I know you were excited to talk about this movie, so I don't want to take <laughs> that away and feel like we're just all of a sudden You're now hijacking all over this. It, yeah. But so so I do want to ask that though. There's that moment where he smears the uh, cupcake on her and, and she says, you jealous fuck, yeah. basically, right? Um, but then he's helping her in the studio. So the, I don't know. How do you how do you reconcile that? Like, was he at any point jealous and does he just let that go? I feel, yeah, that was the one moment where you could see some jealousy out of it. But uh, Bradley Cooper also said in multiple interviews that his character of Jackson was never fully, truly jealous. He was always, always encouraging Allie in her career and always, uh, you know, praising her. So, yeah, we saw a moment of vulnerability with his character, but also I just chalk it up to he was also very, very drunk. So he, I don't want to say responsible for his actions, but you always see throughout the whole film, he's consistently always encouraging Allie. Yeah, you had the one flaw, but all the other moments actually make up for that. Um, here, Juliet in the booth. Um, hey! How are you guys? <laughs> We're good. Um, I feel that he was jealous, not necessarily of her success. I think part of him felt a little vulnerable because she was displaying excitement for a world that he had kind of introduced her to. And I think he was just feeling a little insecure that she might be slipping away from him. And those were the first steps. So I think putting the cupcake on her face is reminding her, like, you're kind of my play toy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think and that falls a little bit under the jealousy category. Like, oh, now you're having this manager who's talking to you. I did this. And he was drunk. Um, but he did always support her. And that, I think, too, really resonates with the love story part of this movie. Um, again, it's really important. You have to buy their relationship. And I did. Um, hook, line, and sinker. And it's extremely important uh, to, to carry along this movie um, through and through. And he has his demons uh, that he has to deal with as she becomes more and more popular. To your point regarding the ending, I think it's, I think the way that they ended it and on the, the, the close-up of her face, she has two reactions. One is not unsimilar. If you look at the poster, the, the Judy Garland with her doing that, um, it's not too dissimilar to when she was looking up and she almost had a smile on her face for, for completing the song and then she looks straight into the camera, and it is sort of kind of a, what now? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't that confidence. Like, and again, this is why I felt like together they were, they really were a force to be reckoned with. She doesn't, she truly loved him and wanted to help him. And now that he's not there, what next? Well, let's take it back to another integral <clears throat> moment, at least in my opinion. And I want to get, they get married. He shows up drunk at one of his closest friends' place. Um, they have their whole moment. Get Chappelle of all people. <laughs> yes. And I thought it was a wonderful scene. But then all of a sudden I was taken aback. She shows up and I, I, 
I'm I'm taken aback for two two reasons and trying to process it. She says like, don't ever put me in this situation again. Like she's she said she wanted to think of all these things and she she thought of what to say, but don't ever do that to me again. Cut to essentially we're getting married within the hour. Right. So I don't know. Is that like when you talk about the the the, the relationship was. I don't know. Was that realistic or not? I think it it was kind of realistic on her part because there are so many things when like your your significant other like just pisses you off so much or did something that just made you so angry. But by the second you see them, you forget everything because you are so in love. Like not to say that like you forget it, but everything else it doesn't matter anymore because you you are so in love with that person that it's it's still, like, immediately forgiven. So I felt like we got that kind of moment. Because she did say, it's like, I've so, I thought of so many things to say to you on the plane, but, like, she just couldn't fathom it because she's just so happy that he was okay. Like, he could have been dead somewhere, right. lying in a ditch. But she saw her love okay, and she's like, all right, I love you, everything's fine, well, let's move forward. Yeah, and she never got to that point, even though... He, he, he pissed himself on stage where that uh, to that me that would be the after. moment yeah but that that would still be a moment where don't ever put me in that position again well that's that that's a position <laughs> for yeah. you to say sayonara but you stuck through it and again relationships uh relationships without an addiction type of a problem are difficult regardless but with the right person and the right support and this is what i liked about the character when he was saying his sorries and he's like oh my god your father she was like we know the father was pissed right but she still said no 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 don't worry he he loves you like there was that there was that support there and again for me this is one of the reasons why i bought the relationship and i wanted him to persevere the hardness and i and again in a star is born string theory universe them together touring would have made lives happier because he was a better Sam Elliott said it best that first night that she comes on stage with him he said to he goes goes I've never seen you look happier mm-hmm. you know and but they were both stronger performers again I don't like country music but I hated the pop music whatever I was watching whatever snippets right. I'd have rather watched them together than her alone yeah the pop music felt like less genuine yes because we already know that and like fortunately us audience we had better music before she went commercialized before she went mainstream and then when you take it away and it just seems so foreign and so not the alley character that they developed yeah we know it's not right like this isn't the career trajectory she probably didn't want let me ask you this marissa the the snl song right that's what i'll call it yeah why do you do that to me? Was it, <laughs> was it literally just hollow? Like the, musically, I know she's mm. singing, but but the actual like everything, this is brilliant. Like if they did the sound design this way, it felt literally hollow. I think they they wanted this music to sound completely not the music that we were already listening to, and it made her music just like it made her seem like a sellout in. Mm a bad way because like we know she's talented we know she can write her own songs that song was not too to herself we're like what the hell are you doing 
and it's you're the, selling out, and it's the music that's making money. And aside from selling out, I I, I will say it was soulless. Mm-hmm. Like there was soulless. There 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 wasn't. It was all so choreographed, so precisely her moves and when to when to look up and and such. Right. That's a lot of pop music today. Again, I just go back when they are together. I felt as if I was watching them on stage and I had that backstage pass and it was electricity. I mean, to find that and have that chemistry, just the way that it was filmed. Also, I think to your point, though, Phil, too, it was filmed differently. That scene in Saturday Night Live, as opposed to seeing them together on on a larger stage. Um, but in, and I think to, to Marissa's was saying all done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Purpose, you know, and she looked less comfortable than she normally has been on on stage. Yes, yeah. Like, she didn't seem like herself. Yeah. And he seems less comfortable without her, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to the moment when he's at rehab and, and they're having that mo- that talk, right? Because uh, I think a lot of things are actually happening in that moment. And let me know if you guys interpret it this way. Uh, number one, she says to him, like, hey, listen if you want to go, if you essentially want to leave and not be with me, because that'll help you. Cause all you've ever done is get more drunk around me. Will that help you? Essentially she's asking, or perhaps even telling him furthermore, when she, when he, when she finds that note, in a sense, I feel like that was a failed suicide. note to begin with. And that's why he's like, Oh, I wanted you to find like, he can't like, and I thought that would have been a turning point for him because when he's like saying like like I'm here I'm fighting for you he sees all the mistakes he's done not only the 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 grammys but the fact that he wrote this song like it, you know the last goodbye like it, these are all the things I wish I'd said that's a suicide no right and so it's like okay you know what like I can change and her even saying like do you not want to be around me like will that help you like he's like no I I found my purpose how did you guys interpret the scene I didn't really think of that or hit that love song, quote unquote, was a suicide note. I, I felt it was just another song of how he truly felt about her. So the fact that you think it, it could have been a suicide note, hmm. It's well, this, this, things. this whole this whole movie is about take the text of the the music and go deeper. What you know, the shallows. Hey, boy, fill, do you, what do you need to fill that void? <laughs> he needs alcohol. Uh, maybe it's time. It takes a lot to change a man and a lot to try. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. This that's him moving on, or like, is it time to move on for his career? Yeah, yeah. So, it's like this. This movie is filled with a lot of foreshadowing. I just never thought. I actually never thought that love song because we never saw it. We never, in even when she's like, here, here's the, the music. We never clearly visually see what the words were, so we never knew the actual lyrics that would lead us to believe that was a suicide note. So correct me, is that not I'll Never Love Again? Is that not the song? Yeah, yeah. The, no, that's the song. But yeah, we didn't so we hear do, that do, to the end. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Once you do, you're like, oh, this is... I I don't know. For me, it just reaffirmed like this was a suicide note all along. You know, right. he wanted to kill himself way before this. And through exposition, we find out he tried. Yeah, Certainly when he was, when he was talking to the, that therapist <clears throat> yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. And that was also, I was like, yeah, he's going to do it again. But if you listen to the lyrics of Never Love Again, I, like if you just look at it as a love song and not 
a uh, suicide. It, it's just about never having that, uh, like, never finding another true love that will make you feel this way that you feel now. I, I thought think more of a love song. Yeah, it, no, it it's like you're ruining the song for me. No, I'm no, I'm sorry, but but the whole point I think it is too because you know it is like you you put on a persona, the audience, even all these interviews that we're gonna pull in and talk about more deeply. At the end of the day, once you put out art, it's there for the audience to interpret how, you right. know, the, the true meaning that it has to you will never be the true meaning that it has for an individual, let alone the audience as a collective. Right. Um, and I think, I don't know, that's, to me, what I was getting at I, I, from the movie was this this disconnect. Like, this is what the music meant for them. When we hear Shallows, it's a wonderful song. We know the meaning it has for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that no one else will. We're, we're giving that, that vantage point to see the beauty of that. Mm-hmm. And in for him, especially in rehab, especially when he was uh, apologizing to people, like he was going through these steps, and and I bought it. And for for a second, for a second, I thought they were going to change the ending. I really did. For I thought, you know, weak. Well, yeah. I didn't. To be honest, but, that's a whole separate conversation. But I I don't actually blame him. I don't. I think he was a little bit harsher, perhaps, but I don't. I don't. I don't think he was that wrong to say what he did. Believe it or not, really as crazy as it sounds. Interesting. See, because I. Again, I know I took you. No, 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 no. But uh, you know, so what I'm saying is, like, for, for a second, I thought, especially in today's world, not the suicide world, but I just thought maybe they'll deliver something that's a little more upbeat. Mm-hmm. Right. We a can happier use... ending? Well, I, I don't want to gloss it over, but just a little more upbeat. Like, we, we need upbeat movies, right? And this is why, like, that first half is so upbeat together, right? And you want... When you're rooting for a couple to stay together, okay, throughout a romantic comedy, through a drama, whatever, that means the movie's working. And when you're rooting for them to, to overcome every obstacle... So when Bradley Cooper looks as if he's overcoming his demons and and he was making that change, I actually thought, oh, my God. And then he said yes to her because I want you to it was the re- role reversal. I want you to come on stage with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're going to they're going to do this. I'll go. And, and you know what? I'm OK with it. That's the turnaround. They finally realized that together they're the best. Didn't work out that way. I respect the decision. Re, re, he he didn't have to say what he had to say as harshly and as cruelly. She he knew that she loved him, and regardless of his problems, he really did appreciate and mentor her. You know, he didn't have to say what he had to say, and it was In pretty much giving it. it was pretty much giving him a loaded gun. Uh, Marissa, that. what were your thoughts on? Rez. Rez. Oh, I wanted to smack him <laughs> because I saw this movie several times. And then every time for like the second and third time I saw him, I was like, you're, you're such a jerk. And that was before he even had the moment because like, <laughs> uh, like you throughout the film, you believe that he's the manager who can actually help propel her, her career. And essentially he did. He put her in places mm-hmm. that she would never gotten on her own. Um, but like there was no character development to let, let us believe that he was in such an a-hole character. Like, the, you never saw any 
moments of animosity between him and and Jackson or him mm. and Allie that would lead to that moment where he talks to Jackson in such a demeaning way. And that is where it came out of blue that let Jackson, you know, he was doing so good. And he then the, the one comment, like, really sent him on a downward spiral again. And it was on his face. Like, Cooper's direction... He says, Riz says what he says, and it was just the expression on Bradley Cooper's face. At that point, his confidence was gone. He was defeated. And he would hope that he was going to make it. But when he found the pills and didn't pull out of the, back up out of the driveway, oh, well, and and truly I do, because in a, in a part like that, if you're a manager, and somehow it would, he must have managed um, Jackson at some point like why was he always backstage with him because this is where we s- meet that character just be a little more supportive of of him but I think there was I think there was a little bit of ego and um, I think there was selfishness I think well t- in a sense there's a comparison to be made between Rez and Bobby because mm-hmm. Bobby uh, first off he's the brother and s- but the fact that he's put up with all of Jackson's crap throughout all of life and at the snl part he says like first off jackson does it in the worst of ways of like hey you, you want to come back and he I'm says thinking like thinking of hiring you back yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know bobby says it's easier without you man yeah. and i think that really ultimately like all those things actually did cut through to jackson of like yeah i guess it is it must be easier without me yeah because i'm just you know everyone just puts up with my crap and you know, that's not right. And I don't want the responsibility of bringing her down. It's like there was nothing or noble. being in the way. Or being in the way. Yeah. There was nothing noble. Like my friend was talked about, it was what do you want people, like it's the noble thing to do. I go, no, nobility had nothing to do with it. This is all Pride. him. This is all depression. This is what, when you're deeply depressed, dark thoughts can happen and will happen. And this was, there was outside of his wife, there was no other support, and to be told that he was going to drag her down, it's like he didn't want to get in that way, and this is the way somebody could think. So that's what makes it all the more tragic. Rez just could have done it better, and he, he actually could have maybe thrown some support, because if he's going to manage, why can't he manage the both of them together? But He's a liability. He's a li- I think he's he's been there, done that too many times to... You know, and, and he didn't believe in himself, or he lost the confidence in himself. He felt good coming out of rehab, and we saw that. And for that glimpse, you said, "Hmm, they're going to change." But when somebody boldface tells you, and then you believe it, that's the thing. He believed it. He believed that he wouldn't change, that he would eventually relapse. And the main thing, like he he wasn't talking. You know, mm-hmm. like some some of it you have like. He, the moment where he tells Bobby it was you I idolized, like he barely mm-hmm. got that out, and even then he ran away from it. So, and with Allie, he's very mute. And the one thing that he does say that he has any confidence of is, "I just want to take one like one last look at you," which completely reverses <laughs> that sentimental moment yeah. from earlier. Takes on a whole different meaning. Yeah. So. Um, but also, it, it was like with the whole conversation after Rez told him that, and they're laying on the bed, and she's like, "I like 
to have you come out on stage one last time, you know, go out with a bang. And that's when I'm like, ah, uh, crap, because she just told the audience that they she stopped her tour, and we can believe it was she quit her like her potential chance of being great in for her career for him. And then that that was like just another catalyst factor. It's like, mm-hmm. oh wait, no, she's doing all this for me. I'm in the way. If I off myself, she can still have her music career because she was going to stop it for him. She was going to stop the tour. She stopped the tour and, that and would open up so many more opportunities. And again, I go in that string theory. Like, imagine had that character showed up, it w- it really would have killed. And that's where you know, in this town, people will forgive and forget, like horrible behavior and like you know their lives would have been changed just from this one appearance both of their lives um but it doesn't it doesn't happen that's not the story that a star is born tells and which is sad and and, you know and that's what causes the the tragedy of the story and again why it works is because you really want the best for these characters for both their characters to overcome their demons not Mm. lady gaga like her her character like you're gonna sing my way you're gonna do it my you you know she gave up what jackson told her to do which that was the freedom of her artistry and so there's so many themes going on uh, thematically within the movie that 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 we're i think we're giving great credit to um but ultimately the story is a tragedy yeah well let's um let's Kind of tie in more more facts into it. Um, hmm. let, why don't we pick up here, and then you guys can kind of help piece things together. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga did not really know each other. They, as he jokes, they they met in passing once at SNL, but then it wasn't really until much farther down the line uh, that they actually got to know each other. And you know, hours after that, <laughs> they're singing piano together over at at her house. Yeah. So. Then uh, Bradley actually went to Lady Gaga's house. Nice. And they were just talking about, you know, the character development and, and, and all that. And somehow Lady Gaga made the rest of her leftover pasta and they were eating and bonding over that. And then it led to them just started singing this. Um, this the, she printed out like some piano music and they're like, let's just, you know, riff, see what happens. And apparently in that singing session... Um, Stephanie. It's weird to not call her Lady Gaga. I know, but I know. Only because like I personally don't know her, so I'm gonna keep calling her Lady Gaga. <laughs> but to me, it's but, more respectful. I yeah, think. Like definitely. Like I love Lady Gaga. Um, during that session, she was like, "Well, Bradley, you can actually sing. Like you, you have talent, and like it's it's the small moments that just spark something that makes you realize we could have something great here. And from that, they've. Bradley Cooper actually recorded it and pitched it to the WB people and really fought for Lady Gaga to, so they can cast her to be in this film. And I think that's where art imitates life where and life imitates art. Nowhere, there's no one person that can really break your career, but there is a singular person that can help make your career. And so sure. obviously Lady Gaga didn't need Bradley Cooper's help to... but. In this sense, he took a shot on her and said she is an actress, not just a performer, and she's going to be the best in this role. And I want her. Yeah. 
It's especially from like this has been through just the works of they've been wanting to do another mm-hmm. film. They've gone through different directors who might have been attached. Like Clint Eastwood at one point was attached. Beyonce at one point was attached. Jennifer it's Lopez. Big, right? I mean, all big musicians in their own rights. But it would have been a completely different dynamic had we gone with those. Oh, agreed. I think this is where casting magic worked, where that chemistry worked, and giving. Lady Gaga that opportunity to do it because let's face it when you look at Barbara Streisand at the time huge she was huge okay huge. and so wasn't Chris Christopherson um so putting them together you get Judy Garland is Judy Garland I'm not familiar with the very first version but you know so when you go um in casting Lady Gaga yes she's she's acted she was an American Horror Story, I think it was. Yeah, right? American Horror Story Hotel, which she was the best part of that entire season. And she won a Golden Globe for that, so, based on her own <clears throat> merit. Right. So she, we know that she can perform on stage. That we know. But acting in this kind of a movie, right? There, there was so much risk involved in this movie. It, it's frightening that it, it got made when you think about it, right? Bradley Cooper. I mean, you don't have... Clint Eastwood directing. If Clint Eastwood is directing and he says, I want Lady Gaga, Warner Brothers says, okay, sure. Bradley Cooper, this is the first time he's directing a movie. He's singing. He's producing. He's helping. Like, so much was on his shoulders. And to pick Lady Gaga for this, I could see studio executives going, we we need a star at least as comparable as you. (laughs) You know, because we... If the movie's not that good, at least we can get a first weekend because of the stars. But they stayed true, and I think by doing so, they picked the right people for the right job. I mean, the whole Mm -hmm. Sam Elliott is fantastic. Genuineness of the actors. And they were, and it's, to Bradley Cooper's testament, he really got the best out of these people. When I saw Andrew Dice Clay... First off, I didn't recognize him, okay? And I know that he was in a Woody Allen movie. Uh, Okay, that's great, but I didn't recognize him. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Andrew Dice Clay. And he was so good as the father. I thought he was amazing, too. Bradley Cooper, in this movie, really pulled out some great performances from supporting cast as well as Lady Gaga as well. I think he did a wonderful job from from everything that we've been able to compile – the the most of the you know people that are are recognizable in the movie and have significant roles are people that he hand selected. Mm-hmm. You know, even the driver that like they Rick go back Greenberg. to Greenberg. Yeah. which if you guys because I loved Alias back in the day and that was the actually the first time I saw Bradley Cooper as an actor was Alias. He was mm-hmm. Will Tiffany. He was Jennifer Garner's best friend in the show. So it and even Greg Grunberg, he he says like we remained close friends after Alias wrapped and like it's it's stuff like that where you appreciate everybody's career even after the first thing that brought you together, but like having your career grow even more, but still remaining friends in the crazy industry that this is, that, that's just, that speaks more about Brad Cooper, who he is as a person that even Ron Rifkin, who played the, 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 
the, the guidance the counselor. for the yeah the counselor yeah. Thing, the guidance kind the the counselor like he was also an alias he yeah. was an a hole in alias but he was great in alias yeah. so it shows that Bradley Cooper still he he takes a lot of his relationships personally yeah and and uh, and he puts them in roles and he gets any any really pulled great performances out of them I mean he helped make I mean. Lady Gaga in her own right is a star, a, mu- a music star. But now, I mean, with after this performance, you know, the world's her oyster as far as roles she'll want to pick going forward. And they don't necessarily, in my view, have to just be performances uh, where she plays a singer. Mm-hmm. She can just act without singing, you know? So, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I think, a lot is owed to Bradley Cooper's direction and uh, and pulling that out. Yeah, and also, like, people know her for her music career, but she's also one of those people who can also act. Mm-hmm. And we've seen actors who can sing, and we've seen singers who can act, but she's someone who can do both mm-hmm. legitimately. And that's where I say, this is, I, I loved her performance because she's just so personally talented in real life that I love. And I love watching talented people. Mm-hmm. And then even seeing Bradley Cooper sing, I was like, he can sing. Yeah, he can sing. He talented did, people. He, he did his due diligence. He took lessons. Uh, so and It's a role thing. reversal, right? Yeah. We, knew, so we knew Bradley can, can act, 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 but can he sing? <laughs> right. She can sing. Can she act? Um, one of the things I, I want to put, <laughs> if we're talking about Lady Gaga... And kind of tying to the last moment, um, I was shocked to learn that she did this. Like when you talk about kind of art and being able to pull from real life, not 30 minutes or so, someone close to her passes away and she she goes out and performs this song having to play a character whose husband and the love of her life dies. I was Mm -hmm. the fact that she pulled that off is just insane. Yeah, the show must go on. Also, if you've ever watched Lady Gaga's um, documentary Five Foot Two, it's on Netflix. Go watch it; it's amazing. Um, her friend Sonia is actually in the documentary, and you see so many moments where she's she's you know actually being with her best friend Sonia, and then now reading that she actually died. Even though I, so I have better context of her best friend personally passing away. Like that, also not to sound terrible, but that helps even raise your performance in that sense because it makes it more realistic. You have something to draw upon. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, Bradley did say to her, like, hey, listen, if you don't want to do it, we don't have to do it. Right. Um, and she, she was like, no, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even, even commending her, like, for a few times she did stay for the suicide scene and eventually she, I can't do this. Um, and the fact that she, she left flowers in the pickup truck for bradley to be like listen i i, I want to support you but I, I can't do this i can't watch you go through this yeah mm-hmm. she gotten too connected to Allie. um to that point i mean she she had to re-dye her hair afterwards to to get out of the role of Allie. right yeah um and one of the more shocking things for me the fact that this only took 42 days <laughs> i'm amazed that you that to me is the biggest it. 42 days and the budget it. was 36 million. Mm-hmm. 42 days, 36 million. Listen, here's the thing. Bradley Cooper has been brought up by some of the some very talented directors when you look at his when you look at his resume, right? One of them being Clint Eastwood, who he's worked with and he's going to be working with in The Mule again. 
Um, now there's J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah, he just, like Clint Eastwood, he seems very methodical, knows what he's going to shoot, this is what we're going to shoot, boom, boom, boom. $36 million compared to other movies, like when you're thinking about concert venues and what it would take to film on a venue like that, getting all the people, getting everybody together, that to me, I was when I heard $36 million, it's like, wow. Let me say, let me tell you, it's all up on screen, but it looks more like an eighty million dollar plus movie. And when you hear it, like the talent involved, like crazy what he was able to pull off. From your perspective, Marissa, so I want I want to go to that. Right, it was Lady Gaga's choice to have the songs be filmed, quote unquote, live. live. Yeah, because she brought up the notion that any other way she hates in movies because it looks so crappy. Right. She personally says she doesn't like watching musicals when you know the actors are lip syncing. And even when they're lip syncing, not syncing properly. So, And, <laughs> and I think that's just a, a testament to her musician and her vocal range that she knows how to properly sing on stage. And she knows what to do to actually get the performance across in real time in a real performance. So like, good for her. Um, we've seen other films that are recorded live, like Les Mes, mm -hmm. known for recording live, the, the 2012 version. And that movie won so, like, got so many Academy Award nominations. So I appreciate just for the authenticity of musicians and the art form that goes into performing on stage. Did they not? I thought, I thought Greatest Showman... Great show, most of it was live. Yeah, yeah I thought they, they did. Um, they did a lot of that piano live. accompaniment, and Hugh Jackman did all of his live singing. Just about every song and performance for Greatest Showman was also right. live. Look at that tying it back. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but it helps. It makes it more realistic that you're really watching musicians on stage sing for he, you. Yeah, I didn't think watching their performances. There wasn't one minute that I didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. At all, and, and if you listen a, to the oh, sorry, no, no, no. If you listen to the album, all, all, if not, you know, like there might be two or three that are studio recorded, but sure. the rest, all the soundtracks that you hear, are the live recordings from the movie because they recorded live. Yeah, I kept between between how it was made and and especially the cinematography, because um, they would always kind of do a turn. And the audience would be in front of you, but not like this larger-than-life audience. It was just kind of the backs of people's heads. So it almost felt like the backs of people's heads in a movie theater. And everyone's <laughs> cheering, clapping. So every time, especially early on, and it got a little darker at the end. But like especially early on, I kept wanting to be like, wait, am I supposed to clap? Oh, we're not clapping. Okay, we're yeah. not supposed to clap. Because we're on stage. Yeah. It, it, it fooled me in that sense. Like it, it was, it's, it's very engrossing as an experience. Now, uh, you was, said you saw it in just, Dolby. Yeah, right? I saw it, the first time I saw it was Dolby. Right, and okay, so you saw it here in Burbank. Yes. Pardon me for those who, who are in SoCal, but you were in Burbank. Burbank AMC sixteen right. Dolby, and I saw it at, at uh, Century City. Very comfortable reclining seats over mm -hmm. there too, right? It's really nice in the mm -hmm. way that the it's stadium stacked. stacked, but it's it's stacked. And you know, not only was it extremely it felt like comfortable, I was at a concert. but it yes, and the sound from all around. Like mm -hmm. if I were to see the movie again, that is exactly the experience that I would go for. I mean, that's again, I don't even like that music, and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome it sounded so great in that environment mm -hmm. so yeah. uh in, in music i really do think too again if the music hit a sour chord the movie wouldn't have worked 
well either you know we audiences would put up with the lip syncing because they're used to it sort of kind of it's better that they didn't but if the music wasn't good we wouldn't Right, and the music is just an extension of their love to, mm-hmm. towards another. Mm-hmm. You always say music is just another form of love, you know, like another art form to express your feelings. And right. the music that they were singing to each other, that they were writing with each other, it was just another way of how they showed their love to each other. Yeah, because yeah, at no point, like, this is not a musical. This is just the only way they know how to express themselves verbally is through that. You know, through mm-hmm. singing, through through lyrics, yeah, and so um, so in that sense, yeah, I I thought it worked extremely well. Yeah, after I walked out of the theater for the first time seeing mm-hmm. this film, it reminded me of uh, Walk the Line. Um, I got oh yeah, I got a lot of the Johnny Cash, June Carter feel, and it, like if you guys haven't go see that movie, also fantastic, also a love story, tragic love mm-hmm. story. But the, the music and the concert aspect, they're in that film, you're also on stage with them, like witnessing their love unfold in front of our eyes. Right. And I got the exact same feel from this film. Yeah, it's a, that's a fantastic comparison, actually, too. I agree with you. Because they, they too, were singing, you know, they were, they were singing to it, but there was, yeah. it was them singing as well. If I remember correctly, Reese Witherspoon yeah, and Joaquin, like they, they sang live and they did a... Yes, and it had that. She won Academy Award kind of, for that. Mm-hmm. So. I just it's like the stadium setting that we're in. Number one, we never really saw them from the audience perspective. It was really from stage perspective, and his use of close up. Yeah, I don't think he knows what a wide shot is. <laughs> oh yeah, go see First Man. Uh, anyways, oh my God. but he's not. But, no, but that's no, no, not Bradley that's Cooper. I, I, I know, but I'm film. talking close up. Yeah. But but the way he captured again from shooting, like you know, I have concert Blu-rays and DVDs, but I got the energy that was going on on stage. He knew when to show, like playing the guitar, like the opening song. I forget what's the opening song called. Um, the one where we first... It's literally yeah. called... Intra- I'm going through my soundtrack because even though... It's not maybe, it right? Maybe it's... it's the no, first, no, 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 no. It's where, we, where we're introduced to Jackson. Black Eyes. Black Eyes, and he's yeah. playing that, that guitar. Like, so, like, like, that was amazing. It was electric. And again, it just brings you right in. Um, and then I loved it when he goes to the bar and she performs. Like, yeah, totally Two completely oh. different sounds and venue, <laughs> and it works. Yeah, it which works. Oh, so so Marissa, talk about that story because it's a very specific story. It's not like it was written. It was written after the fact because Bradley. That's the song that she sang. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you go into yeah, detail. Yeah, so so Bradley Cooper actually saw Lady uh, saw Lady Gaga perform La Vie and Rose um, at at some venue. And he was so taken aback by her performance and how well she did it. Uh, he was like, "We we need a version of your amazing performance in this in this movie." And also, when they were filming and stuff, because they were like writing a lot of songs and like rewriting the script while they were filming just a little bit. Um, during filming, Lady Gaga told Bradley that like she used to perform in gay bars and stuff, and and. and and like during drag nights and he's like that's a very interesting you know take so let's also add that to the movie so that's why those two meet at a drag bar yes complete side note uh we're gonna continue talking about this movie we're scheduled to do venom we will do that at some other point in time 
Do not worry, Julia, about <laughs> cutting us short. Thank you for those of you watching or listening. Back to our regular scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Um, you know, and, and as far as getting the realism of all these songs, the fact that, uh, you know, they were at the, the forum, they were at Coachella and were able to get all these things like they were at these venues shooting, mm-hmm. shooting this for real. Um, and I agree, like the, the use of just the close ups and it obviously was a very deliberate thing. Um, when you talk about uh, rock concerts, his inspiration was Metallica. You know, and and a real life experience that he had from kind of being there and and seeing it from that perspective. So, uh, and certainly, and and it makes them very grounded, not larger than life. The only time that it's ever sort of made larger than life is is in the worst moments, like at the Grammys, like, oh, do you see yourself? You're you're there. Look at you. You're there. And so it's very deliberately when that happens. And I want to talk a little bit, we've talked a lot about Lady Gaga, but I want to talk a little bit, too, about Bradley Cooper's performance, because we know he can act, right? It's what you were saying earlier. This one, he really pulls out. I mean, he really, there's a lot of Sam Elliott in his voice. I'm not talking just singing. There was it was really funny that line was. He Sam perfected Elliot, his voice to sound like Sam, <laughs> Sam Elliott, so he can get Sam Elliott in this movie. Yeah, and he said, "Sam Elliott goes, you stole my voice," and I'm going, "Yeah, sort of, kind of." Because he's a little bit Sam Elliott. He actually a little bit Chris Christopherson, and there was just a bit of him that was um, um, a little bit Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Like he had yeah, that, right? That. And, and he just had this. And on stage, it was just the way that he walked and he had that Sam Elliott timber. And he could be a little Chris Christopherson ish, but he would be like. But a believable it, country star. Very, yeah. I mean, trust me, I listen to country music on a daily basis. And that's what country star musicians sound like when they're not singing. Mm. They have a very low. I'm not, I'm not saying everyone, but the men generally have a lower key registered speaking voice. Yeah, and he was, uh, I, I thought his performance in this, even as, as an, uh, outside of being a performer, as being an addict, or I, I especially like this scene. Well, okay, so we talked about the, the, the bar, like being in the drag bar scene was great, but I like the scene the first time where he comes to the house mm-hmm. and meets her dad and all this. And that scene I really liked, and he, and he, and he pays it off fantastically. Um, the scenes with Sam Elliott, you know, really worked. I don't think it was a big twist, like that it was his brother. You know, we were talking about it, and they didn't say it until the right time. But I thought together that they were really good. Um, yeah, he, his performance, I think this is one of the, the, the finest performances of his career. I mean, he was great in Silver Lining Playbooks, and I don't want to cheapen other good performances but this one right here if he gets nominated as actor I, i'd be okay it's de- it's de- i'd be okay definitely earned it because yeah. when i was watching this film and i walked out the first time i was like i didn't see bradley cooper i saw an actor get engrossed into a character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he was that good well a couple of things number one even with civil Lines playbook like most actors right that turn into directors they learn from a lot of onset stuff. Now, sure. you know, he's one that, yeah, I'm sure he did that, but he went the extra mile and would go into edit bays whenever he could because he understood that this is now where the performances get sculpted and the story really gets, you know, told uh, now that it's all shot. And I think he learned a lot, especially with Silver Linings Playbook, um, another sort of movie that deals with 
addiction in some sense. Issues. Yeah. And so so I think he was able to learn a lot from someone like David O. Russell, right? And secondly, you know, as far as his actual music performance to have um to have uh, Lucas Nelson <laughs> you know, basically be his mentor for a year over a year essentially, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, Lucas Nelson, for those who don't know, is really Nelson's son in real life and a musician in his own right. Um, and I, I love learning that he, Bradley Cooper, yeah, he's an actor. Like, he's not the musician first and foremost, but he works so closely with Lucas that he made him become the musician. He made mm-hmm. him become the Jackson main that we see on screen. Like, learning guitar is not easy. Trust me, I'm trying to learn guitar. It's not easy. So to go from essentially nothing to being a performer with a guitar on stage, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it it looks so real because when you're watching it, like, oh, he can play guitar too. Yeah. Again, talented. Well, it's one thing to do it also, like, to, to have the concentration for it, but you have to, he has to act at certain points, especially the Grammys, he has to be out of his mind and yet still put on that performance that he does. Well, he's got to be a the rock star. Mm-hmm. You know, whether one of the reasons we watch live music or if you, if you enjoy live music, one of the reasons is to watch them perform the song, to watch whether to watch them concentrate or how do they do it? Are they playful while they do it? Some people are a lot looser and they can jump around on stage where other people just stay right where they are and concentrate on the playing. Like drummers. Like, well, <laughs> for obvious, like drummers, he says. But his, his character, Jackson, was a person, too. And that's the other thing, too. Had command of the stage, mm-hmm. you know, when he comes out. And the, the, t- the, the t- tinnitus. tinnitus was another aspect of the story, too. Um very realistic a musician sure and 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 again lady gaga her career has been as that kind of a performer a singer so her command of stage of coming out presence like together it just his his charisma as an actor her charisma as a performer really gelled together Mm -hmm. and the role reversal, and I'm sure she gave him tips too. I mean, it wasn't, oh, yeah. you know. So, and, and and that's why to me, the music, the music worked. I, I just found it to be so electric. And what I loved about like their performances is because it it's earned. On, uh-huh. yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. You're not just like, okay, here we go again. Like right. the, even the character <clears throat> Jackson Maine gives her actual opportune moments on stage, like sing, go. And he captures the emotion. Mm-hmm. Like he would come up, he would capture that energy and the emotion, which again, if you're an audience member in a, in a, in a, in a, in a stadium and you've got seats that are closer to God than closer to the stage, you don't get to see this, but you get to see Bradley Cooper perform and Lady Gaga perform. Like I said, I, I felt as if I was on stage with them, watching them going god you're allowing me to like see this pack i saw the passion yeah i did i saw the passion in the both of them doing their performance together which is fantastic yeah absolutely and you know before before it was released uh it did a number of circuits with film festivals and in fact that's where uh it premiered um 
so I think you don't usually do that unless you are kind of going out for Oscars or know that you have something special. Right. And they pushed the release date for this a, a few times because uh, it premiered at Venice where they got an eight-minute standing ovation. And then at TIFF, the Toronto mm-hmm. Film Festival, that got three different standing ovations throughout the film. So, yeah, and, good for and them. It, and again, you don't take a movie... Like, I was like, oh, my God. I go, Warner Brothers must feel really high on this movie because you don't take a movie to prestigious festivals like that, even if it's sort of good. Like, you want a wow. And when you have that much confidence, and it did wow at both of them, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they knew that they had the goods on this. And, uh, yeah, they, they did a fantastic job. The release and how they released it, and credit again to Cooper and Lady Gaga. Man, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. Everywhere. And also, what helps was they. There were so many different trailer spots. They didn't use the one exhausted trailer, and I can name so many others. But mm-hmm. the like, there were so many different TV spots that I was like, yes, I'm even more excited to go see this film with every different version that they put out there. They did. I mean, they did something that was a little unorthodox. I'm not entirely sure. I'm on board with it, but they actually, like that television spots, they they made these like one minute or less than a, a minute, let's call it an interstitial, but it was a trailer. So there's one about Jackson, there's one about, uh, what's it, Stephanie? Mm-hmm. Right? So, Allie. Allie. Yeah. Stephanie's her and so, actual name. They had four, <clears throat> they had four of these, and they actually used time. They bought placement, I'm sure. But they, like on one feature, they played the four things not together, though. So so your trailer reel started off with the Star is Born, then they'd play another trailer. Then the second one would be the second character Star is Born. And I somebody told me about that going, oh, my God. By the time we got to the fourth one, I, I wanted like to have no part of a Star is Born. <laughs> not sure if that worked, but their other marketing from their, their poster, their key art, between this and this, I think their key art knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, even if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the picture right. behind us. It's just two picture, like two people looking at each other. And you can already see the chemistry just from a still image. Oh, yeah. Let alone the film. So you yeah. know that it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah. Um, obviously, I think it's, it's doing really well thus far. Certainly, critically, it's got a 91. Cinema score an A. But um, if I had any issues, I, I thought I was going to get a happy ending. Like, Titanic. The name Titanic, the title, tragedy ensues, okay. You know, some people probably live, some people probably die, fine. A star is born, the key art poster, like, okay, I get it. You know, couples quarrels, we all go through that. Couples suicide, a little tougher to swallow. It is, and I think that's that's... That conversation my friend and I had. He did not see that coming. And he was asking me, goes, did it happen in the Barbara Streisand one? I'm going, yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. He goes, what about the Judy Garland one? I go, I really haven't seen it, but I wouldn't it. Not to that extent. And not to that extent, but it did. And it did like Judy Garland, There's different iterations where the male lead right. dies. Yeah. And yeah. by his own hand. Um, it wasn't like a tragedy, car accident, or you know, he was thwarting a robbery and gets shot. The person kills himself because he feels he would be in that person's way. To their credit, 
as I said, the movie was working for me because I was actually rooting for him for like a for a second. I was like, they're gonna change it, and this will be a different Star Is Born. You were hopeless romantic. I get it. Oh well, yeah. but but I you, love well, how about you? Because, but, but but you didn't know either. I, I didn't know okay. up until the moment where they were actually talking on the bed, going out with a bang, and then like that moment actually clicked in my head. I was like. Oh shit! Okay. Well, at that point, the only thing I would probably yeah. would have been missing for you is a shot to the head, <clears throat> because I mean that would be the literal, right. uh, you know, right. go out with a bang. Right. But, right, so, bang. but up to that point, you believed in his recovery. I mean, I did. I mean, you know, I, I was, he felt oh, very for, genuine for, when he said, "Like, like, why else am I here? Yeah. I'm doing this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, they lead you to believe that he's on the upswing. Right. Before the ultimate downfall. Right. And, and in another film that, because I love country films and country music, um, if you've seen Country Strong, Gwyneth Peltro's character, she's on the upswing and then she she's on the decline. And you believe that, spoiler alert, she dies too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At her I, own hand. I think if I would challenge any filmmakers out there and storytellers, it could be writers, whatever... I think there's a way to have a tragic ending without just killing somebody off, whether that be a suicide or otherwise. I really do. Well, I, I think so, too. I think they were just staying in line with, 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 the, with the true story. Oh, fine. You could say that, and, you could say that about freaking Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet. And, like, Shakespeare's to be a name that's never besmirched. But you know what? <laughs> F you, Shakespeare. Like two, that is one of the most dangerous things. Like, love is the ultimate sacrifice. you got to right. kill yourself to be. Fuck right. you. Right. Yeah, okay. No, honestly. No, I, I mean, mm. I, I I understand. I like I said, I give credit that they that they stay true. My thing is though, is that Warner Brothers should have taken an additional step, and there should have been like a suicide prevention hotline. Like if you are depressed, seek help. Oh, this number. Like just just a card at the very end of the movie, because I feel that the people don't know are not familiar. With the star is born, um, legacy. You know, with his legacy. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't. And I, I it, particularly in lieu of the past few months, to take a little bit of. But I think they were. I, I I honestly believe in the marketing of this movie too. They were hiding. They were doing everything in their power to not show it was going in this direction. Period. Like they, 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 they treated it like a spoiler, which it is. But they were they were hedging their bets that there's going to be a majority of people that aren't familiar with the story. They're not going to realize how it ends. We're going to stay away from that and avoid talking about that at all costs. Because even when the movie was at the film festival, it was never dis- suicide was never discussed. Literally, the first time I heard it discussed was this week, either. Tuesday or Wednesday, where Lady Gaga came out with a statement about suicide. Yeah, on social media, right? Like in in an interview form. I read it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did she say? Just for well, people need help. Well, (laughs) she she like she was talking about how like she related to um, her personal problems growing up in her career, and that it it shouldn't be something that's swept under the rug. It should be acknowledged, and you use that as a strength to help build you up and. It is taboo and it shouldn't be. Um, so she talked about the importance of like she kept it, you know, hidden, but where she should have talked about it more, and other people should talk about it more. Yeah. There's like she wanted like more awareness that it's okay to talk awareness. about it. Yeah, and this is where I think Warner Brothers can you know 
can do some good. You know, they're, they're, they're obviously now getting eyeballs. You know, I, I think that this movie, you know, its release date coming out in October, uh, I, I find it very fascinating. But with this, with the groundswell and the, I mean, and getting an A on Cinema Score helps. But everybody you talk to who's seen this movie, I haven't spoken to anybody who hates this movie. Yeah, exactly. nobody's been angry. Everybody, and not only that, but it's this groundswell that means because like, they're saying the soundtrack to this to this movie is going to be gargantuan. It's in phenomenal. Sales. It's number one on iTunes, right? But this it's is phenomenal. gargantuan in sales. Yeah. Like, and so all this, this will, this is perpetual. So one is, one is leading into the other. So I think that the legs on this picture are going to continue through the rest of this month and through October, where it may not be number one, but it doesn't have to. It can stay at number two or number three. Um, and because it's still, it's going to go on and on and on. Right. And, and this it's going to have amazing legs. And this is where it does help to have Lady Gaga in this film. Not mm-hmm. just for her acting, but because she is a real musician. Mm-hmm. She's Grammy winning, Golden Globe winning. But, like, she has 70 million followers on mm-hmm. social media. So use that. To help also promote just the music in this film. They were trying because that week they were... And it's smart. It's literally genius on WB to get Lady Gaga for the acting and for the music. Yeah, and Bradley Cooper pointing that out. And it was. It was a great great get for everybody involved because it worked. I have every one of her albums. And her her little monsters uh, uh, reportedly were out uh, telling people to not go to Venom. Mm-hmm. That we, I don't think they really succeeded. But again, what I love about the release of this movie is it offered an amazing variety and diversity. All right, so this movie opened up against Venom. You couldn't have two more diverse audiences at theaters at the same time, and yet they both performed really well. They over-indexed. In fact, they over this movie over, you know, opening up at at forty two, almost forty three million dollars. It over indexed by almost ten mil, okay, which is amazing. We had a record breaking October weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. Venom was huge, which is fine. Whether I liked or disliked the movie, I'm happy that it did well, and I'm really happy that A Star Is Born did well because it bodes well for the rest of the industry. Do you realize? I, from a year ago today, from around a year ago today, box office is up from last year, this time, about 53%. 53% is really good. And in part, because these two movies delivered something for audiences that they were hungry for and they wanted to see. And they did go out and see. One didn't cannibalize from the other necessarily because they were... Such diverse audiences. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were definitely counter-programming. But also, being a country mm-hmm. fan, a lot of the country fans do also appreciate pop. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it is the same demographic yeah. in that sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. different music, but it's the same people listening to it. So fair enough. I, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be discussed with this movie, and I hope that. Um, but that it does continue to be discussed, and uh, I think that's as plainly as I can say it. You know, yeah, I think it will be I mean, again coming out of it. We had an over an hour long discussion. Well, I about think the movie, but he said, he goes, you know, there hasn't been a movie that stayed well. Humorous, I can I'll, you vouch for you. There hasn't been a movie that has stayed with you 
I mean, it stays with you. I mean, I could not stop thinking about this film after the first time. And I think you and a lot of other people, I was thinking about it too. I had this conversation, had the conversation here. um, And that is, and that's, but it's all good. It's all good that it does that because nobody has come out regardless saying, I hated that movie. Here's, if, um, I'll, I'll, I'll use this as my ending thoughts, right? I think the reason why I'm being so critical of this movie is because th- not only do I have I seen all their work and believe that they are capable of such greatness, this movie shows that they are capable of that greatness, that I hold them on this extremely high sure. pedestal, that when the ending comes, it let me down slightly. And I take it personally because it, in that sense, I, I really I want just a little bit more. And when we talk about the legacy of these remakes, I think we will get another Star is Born in 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. Because when you talk about the 12 octaves, and it's just a repetition, (laughs) I think that was more of a statement on how many remakes and legacies we're going to get of this rather than what we should have been talking about, which is the point and message of this movie. And that's what hurts me because to me it's just a missed opportunity. But I think the technique, the passion, the effort – um, it's all there, and kudos to them. Yeah, and you know, there's also been um, reports uh, this week, and I think it was in either Variety or the Hollywood Reporter that says, "Does Lady Gaga break the curse of singer turn actor?" Um, you know, Whitney Houston had a modicum of success. She wasn't a great actress. No, I love Whitney Houston. She's literally one of my top top. Mm. I love the the singers with the powerhouse voice, Whitney, Celine, Martina. sure. Mariah, no, lady. but I mean, you, you, um, but yeah, sorry, not not to cut you off, but like I, I believe like Whitney is one of those characters. She's a singer, then actor. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen often. I mean, Sting has tried it. He was in a few movies that didn't really work. She might be able to break that curse. Um, I don't know. I think the movie again, it it is a downer. People don't expect it. Because of their either their unfamiliarity with it, or they are romantic and they do think that maybe they'll make a tweak to it. Uh, I'm glad that they at least stayed true to 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 the formula to the movie. Um, but it's it it is it's it's you're so charged in that first half, you want it to go on and on and on, and it doesn't. It ends tragically, um, but it doesn't take away from that first half it doesn't take away from their performances if the movie sucked okay and you got to that ending you would have been thank god you know you you would have had you would have felt differently i understand about the suicide what message is it saying and this is what warner brothers and people like lady gaga this is what they sort of kind of have to come in now and sort of kind of take a little bit of responsibility and be socially conscious about the ending to this movie, nobody's talking about it, really. When you think, like, the nobody's, of the film, nobody is talking about it. And are they talking about it because they're afraid of giving away a spoiler? Are they talking about it because they're afraid to talk about it? Because my, my friend was like, nobody's talking about it. He goes, substance abuse. He goes, yeah, I get substance abuse. Nobody's talking about the suicide in this movie. He goes, that's so important today. I said, yeah, I think they're trying to hide it. I mean, in all honesty, because they might think it's a spoiler, and if people know about it, maybe the people who haven't seen it, they may not go. They might be afraid to see it. 
So that, I think that's a main reason why a lot of people, why it's not being discussed as, as openly as we've discussed it here. Fair. Well, I'll say this before I turn it over to Marissa. I think also there's a way to say that it's a powerful movie. I don't know, without <laughs> saying like, it's the world's greatest love drama. <laughs> I think, you know, so just be careful with your words. People. It is a love drama. Yeah, like I am a sucker for the doomed relationships, but it's also the journey that you go through with these characters throughout yeah. the film that you're also enjoying, despite the ending. Um, because what they had was great. And even when it does come to that scene where he does ultimately kill himself, we only see it for a few seconds. So, like, it is treated, not to say with grace, but it's like they treated it, it in, in not in, like, a gratuitous way. You no. Know. Like, they treated it, they showed us enough where we we know what happened. Yeah, and it, was and it wasn't... So, it was small but impactful. It wasn't horrific so to speak, but the way and again, I'll give him credit for this the way in which it was filmed from the time he, the character steps out of the truck, the wobbly on the ankles, the opening up, oh, he gets the out hat. of the truck that, well, the even before like we never see his face, but we see the belt in his hand, mm-hmm. that's a quick recall to the story that he told to the counselor about how he tried to do it with the belt and then he walks the close up of the hat and then we don't see the act, but it's from outside of the garage, and we see the like. I was like, "Oh no!" And then you see mm-hmm. it, and it's like, "Yep." And and again, the way that that was done, I felt from an artistic standpoint because you saw the the the, the blue lights, mm-hmm. like the, the, the you know, it was really a, it was a it was an impactful scene done as tastefully as you can do a scene like that. I think. I mean, it's, and it really leaves an impression on you other than going for shock value. Let's you know, hope. I, I mean, well, I, I don't that's know. A, that, that's, yeah, I, I, mean, I only have me to judge, you know? Yeah. Or, no, I, listen, I, again, I wish I could. We need happy endings in movies, I, I think, now more than ever. Um, but I don't think, it, but it's weird. People really aren't talking about the ending, and I think people are what they really are talking about is how great a time they're having watching the music and watching these two people perform and watching everybody else involved. This is really a testament to an entire cast and crew. They really worked hard putting this movie together. It's what we call the collaboration. We always talk about that here. The journey of the film is more fulfilling than the ending. I think, and that's what people are focused on the most. That's what gets them charged. That's what gets them to buy the soundtrack, right or wrong. I mean, my friend even said, I haven't bought a soundtrack and I can't tell you how many years, but he got this soundtrack. Oh, man. The first time I was, okay. So the first time I was in the theaters, I know we're rapping, but the first time I was in the theaters, every single song that they were on concert, I was like, I cannot wait to get the soundtrack, you know? And I tried downloading it. It was still on pre order. I was like, what? No. And then I saw the movie again for the second time. And when I got out of the theater the second time, I got a notice on my phone saying, the album's available. I'm like, yes. Here we go. So I mean I think it's good. so good. I think it's a good it's a it's a fantastic movie for the business. And I, I but I think now is the time that it's been out for that'll be out for a couple of weeks that a social consciousness because enough people have seen it they're going to know what the ending is. Look, the movie's done 61 million dollars thus far. Um 75 worldwide. 
I do honestly believe, regardless of the ending, that I do think it's going to have legs. I think it's going to play through November, uh, and people are, you know, in, right. in the groundswell. And there's a rewatchability factor. I rewatch it three is times. There? I think is so. There? No, I, I don't certainly. Think there is. Yeah, I, I think there is the performances. Yes, it's you are essentially going to a Lady Gaga concert. <laughs> see, um, my that's friend I think I wants to see it. I, I I saw it once. It washed over me. It made me think about the movie a lot, which again doesn't happen very often. Ultimately, I ended up enjoying more than I didn't. But for me, I, I saw it once. I don't need to go through that ending uh, again. Hmm. Uh, you did see it twice. I did see it twice. I was asked, what was my excitement level the second time? I said nine. They're like, why? You'll see. <laughs> it's, it has so nothing. So begrudgingly. <laughs> no, it has nothing. To, but I don't know. I don't mean to be a broken record about this, but I don't think you can disassociate what like all the performances and all that from what the ultimate message is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Sorry if this feels an attack. I feel like that's what people are doing. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's really interesting. I think it's a great social um, thing to discuss in this way. Um, and again, I give him credit for being bold enough to keep within the tradition of a star is born. Yeah, so. Marissa, final thoughts. This was this was the movie you wanted to talk about most <laughs> yeah. on Anatomy of a Movie, so I don't want to well, rob you. I I appreciate that they made this film again for this current generation as we talk about it because i feel like every other version was for that particular generation and this generation i feel is way more i don't want to say acceptable but like we is way more understanding of what happens uh, like tragic love social and we also had lady gaga and her stardom um this speaks to a lot of people of this generation and i appreciate that they were bold enough to make a film like this Fair enough. For people like me to enjoy it. For those who have not seen this movie, but you've stuck around this long, <laughs> bless you. But <laughs> um, nonetheless, I even though I have my issues with the movie, I do encourage you to see it. Uh, truly, I think it's it's an experience, one way or the other. It and, is. It's it is an experience, and unlike any, that's the other thing too. Unlike anything that's in movies today. This is not a superhero movie. I'm not slamming the superhero movies, but I'm just saying it's different. That is why I really enjoyed, uh, I really give them credit for the release date, because it is different than anything you'll see that is in theaters today. That's right. Well, thank you guys for, for joining us on this dissection. Hopefully you have enjoyed it or at least gotten something out of it Uh we we're supposed to do Venom, as I talked about in the middle of the broadcast. <laughs> I don't know what'll happen with that movie. Uh, if you, I know a lot of you guys like our opinions on these movies, and that means the world to us. Um, I think across the board, none of us actually liked Venom. So if we do end up talking about it, then mm. you'll know the how we're going to be talking about it. Or if this is the only review you get from us. There you go. Just know that we all okay. saw it. We all <laughs> yeah, watched we it. it. We all did watch it. Yeah, so. We're all going to do it together. The, you know, again, plenty to discuss. And I'll, I'll, I will give it credit for making the money that it did. And I'm happy that it did because it fuels the business. It's good for the business. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is a very, very, this is one of those rare movies that you want to talk about. So by all means, please, in the comments section, 
Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought, any questions it raised for you, um, things of that nature, by all means. Uh, as I said in the middle, you know, the thing that Jackson didn't do is is just talk. And so if if, listen, if there's no one in your life and all you got is us, leave a comment. You're right. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm not trying to be facetious or mean or any sort of way. I think uh, I think that's the number one thing that, that helps cure a lot of it is just, just talk. Um at Serafini TV, if mm-hmm. you want to interact more directly. Yep. At D Movies, 1701 for yep. Dimitri. I'm glad I got to do a movie that, that Marissa was really 100% into. I didn't do great as showman. I, oh, I had yeah. stuff That's going good. on. But, um, yeah, so this is the first movie, I think, since that you were, like, 150% in. Like all in. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm so so good. We've done a lot. <laughs> I'm at Phil Sweet Tech. I encourage you to also check out our interview with Rebecca field it was yeah, she it was, was she was great it was a great interview gives you more perspective on this movie uh, thank you guys for joining us we'll see you next week for more movies bye from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal.